but the one thing we always, I mean, we we do it well. I think everything, you know, we we know enough about basketball, baseball to do okay. I mean, I'm not Jonathan over here when it comes to baseball anymore, but we we do very well with football. And uh, I can't talk hockey like he can, and, and we don't talk hockey on this show. Thank God, because I, I know my listeners would would drop in half in about five minutes. So we're here. I mean, God, I told my wife that football starts Saturday, and she's like, no, you mean the Saturday after. And I'm like, no, it actually starts next Saturday. And there's some decent teams that are playing. I know Stanford's one of the teams that will be playing next Saturday. And it's kind of like a preview. August 26th at 2.30 Eastern, we have Colorado State against Oregon State. That will be broadcasted by CBC at 6 p.m. Eastern, UMass and Hawaii. And I don't know what channel that'll be on, but I'll be watching it. It's 7:30 Eastern. We have San Jose, San Jose State versus South Florida on CBC. And then at 10 p.m. to to put an end to it. Actually, it'll probably be a blowout in Sydney, Australia. But ESPN's first televised game: Stanford versus Rice. Stanford's a 31-point favorite. I could care less. I want to watch football. So that'll take us through the the following Thursday, August 31st. And that, you know, that's some good games on Ohio State, Indiana, Oklahoma State, Tulsa, Minnesota, Buffalo. We have Memphis, Louisiana, Monroe, Arizona State, New Mexico State. And then, hey, Friday night, if you, if you really want to watch football, Charlotte, Eastern Michigan, I'll be watching it. At 8 o'clock, Rutgers, Washington. We got Navy, Florida, Atlantic. I think that'll be a very competitive game. And, Hell, let's just kick it. Let's kick off a rival on the first week. Colorado and Colorado State and Wisconsin, the team that everybody on this show loves, will be playing Utah State. The team is loaded. Wisconsin is, so it's going to be interesting to see how they how they play. But man, it's I'm not going to go through every game, but that's going to get you through until that following Saturday. One of the best opening weekends last weekend was or last year was great in college football. This year is going to be just as good, probably. I mean, Florida State, Alabama, Florida, Michigan. I mean, there's some there's some great games in that in that whole setup. Tennessee, Georgia Tech. You know, we could go Texas, Maryland, South Carolina, North Carolina State. My dark horse to to win the ACC, NC State. We'll see how they look against South Carolina early. I mean, it's just going to be – I mean, it's finally here. I feel like a kid at Christmas. I think Jason mentioned that. Somebody said it. I mean, it's, it's a kid at Christmas time right now. Santa Claus is coming. I've been a good boy, and it's time to get paid. So, it's it's all good. <clears throat> Today I picked up a magazine. It's SEC Impact Players 2017. We'll go through some of those, see what your thoughts are, and who's ranked number one. In that list, I guess if anybody with a brain could guess, it's uh, I had it earlier. It's uh, guys from LSU number one, and I don't think there's there's a doubt about that. But Stidham's kind of, I think Stidham's a little underrated in this. I think he comes in at, uh, I think he came in at ten, I believe. Yeah, ten. Petway was seven, but Alabama and LSU and Auburn are loaded in that top ten, or actually the top twenty-five. Alabama's got a, a stud coming back, and uh, but we'll see the pass rush of Alabama. We'll talk about that tonight. But I think tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken, the AP poll comes out, 
we looked at the coaches poll and and you if you've listened to this show and you've listened religiously there's not many shows during football season that I haven't blasted the coaches poll it's just a bunch of out of touch people putting not even the coaches they're not even putting the poll together it's these kids that put it together it just I don't even think I don't even know why they have a coaches poll anymore because it means nothing to me, I mean, the coaches don't even know these teams. They can't watch them. It's impossible to watch all these football teams. I get a preseason poll, maybe, if they do vote. But we'll see. The uh, the coaches poll is Alabama 1, Ohio State, Florida State, USC, and Clemson. That's the top five. How will the AP have it? I think the AP is going to slide Florida State up to two. They want that one-two game, you know, for – for the ratings and advertising for that first week. Washington is actually number seven in the coaches. They may be a tad higher in the AP. Wisconsin at 10. I think they may be a little higher, maybe right on the cusp. They're the team in the Big Ten you have to watch out for. LSU 12 and Auburn 13 in the coaches poll. I really think Auburn's going to get in the top 10 of the AP poll. Now that Stidham's been named the starter, you look at the offensive line, people that's coming back. Uh, the defense is looking good. There's no reason whatsoever you can put a, you don't put them in the top ten. The only hesitancy some voters may have, well, let's just wait until after the Clemson game and see. But that's not what you want to do. You you rate the teams by what you think they are now, which I think preseason polls are garbage. But you can't wait. I mean, Auburn plays Clemson week two. If they win, yeah, they'll be in the top five or six. But it really doesn't matter matters what happens at the end if you go 11 and 1 in the SEC ACC Pac-12 or something and you win your conference you're going so 12 and 1 you're in so it doesn't really matter where you are in the polls right now so it's going to be interesting to see and tell me if I'm wrong in there I'm going to open up the chat room in just a second let me know poll comes out tomorrow I think I'm right I could be wrong but I'm ready to see but there's no way you can put anybody at number one besides Alabama. I'm sorry. They've, they've earned it over the last 10 years with Nick Saban there. I mean, you, there's no way that any team should be number one. You can't put Ohio State there after they get skull drugged by everybody they play. Uh, that's a big team. You can't put Florida State number one because, again, they, they didn't even win their conference last year, really. Clemson, they've lost to Sean Watson. You can't put them – so Florida State's probably the only team that can be outside of one and two, in my opinion. Florida State and Alabama play that first week. And like I said, whoever wins that one is going to be giving my leg up to get in the playoffs. The loser can still win out and make it. So it's not going to kill either team, but it sure would help if you could go ahead and knock this one out, the first one. So that's a lot of pressure if you lose that first game and you lose one more, it's over with, really. So it just helps – especially Florida State, their schedule, if they, lose, if they lose to Alabama to start with, it's going to be very hard for them, I think, to win the rest of them. But it's also people are going to look at some of their, their games they play, and I think the ACC will be a little weaker than people are expecting this year. And I just – I think they'll still get in, but it won't be a shoe-in, where if Alabama loses and just say they lost one game in the SEC and – and won the SEC at 11-2, and two, won the conference, they'd probably go. I don't think any two-loss team will get in unless it's 
somebody like Alabama probably because they've, they've earned it with what they've done over the past 10 years. I know you're not supposed to look at the past, but what do you think these polls are really? These polls are an indication of what teams did last year, how they did in the bowl, who they have coming back, and their reputation. I mean, my God, Miami's up at 18. Tennessee's even ranked in the coaches' poll right now. Is that too soon to say they're a ranked team? Maybe Louisville's not getting any love behind Florida. I think Louisville's probably a better football team than Florida is. Georgia at 15, ahead of Louisville. I mean, it's just hard to tell. It's just really hard to tell right now. We we, we had an argument the other a couple of weeks ago on this show. When you look at the Big Ten West versus the SEC East, you have Wisconsin up there at number 10, but in the East you have Georgia 15, Florida 16, Tennessee 24. So there's three teams to one this ranked up there in, in that division. So, Quinn, I hope you're doing well, buddy. Uh, can you hear me okay? Does everything sound good? Yeah. Yeah, I can hear you just fine. Okay. Well, I mean, does the AP poll come out tomorrow? I think so. How do you think not, the AP will compare to the coaches? Probably pretty similar. There will be some differences. I think, difference. but I think, I think Auburn's going to be a top ten team in the AP poll where – where they're 13 in the coaches. And that coaches poll came out a while back. And now with Stidham being named the starter, that's the news, Quinn, over this past week, Monday. Jared yeah. Stidham's a starter. And honestly, it never was a doubt. What do you think uh, of Stidham being named? I know you're not surprised, but you – know, and, and, again, I don't know if you if you heard the Stidham interview, did you? Oh, and Feinbaum? Oh, on Feinbaum? No, I didn't hear that yeah. one. He did a good job. Kid, very composed. Uh, sounds yeah. like a team player, but you never know until you see it. But Stidham's a starter at Auburn. What does that make? What does that mean to you? Uh, it means what I what I was thinking when he got named that it that it gives Auburn a better chance at winning a national championship. That's their only chance. It's funny how some of these Auburn fans were thinking Sean White was going to win the job, and it was still a competition. It wasn't a competition. I mean, Gus Malzahn wants to keep his job, number one. Number two, these guys want to win. Uh, Sean White, I'll go through the schedule. They're an 8-4 team with him this year, maybe 9-3. and 10-2 on a great year. But if you're going to get past Clemson, you're going to get past LSU, and you're going to get past Alabama, you have to have Stidham. I mean, you saw Georgia just shut down Sean White last year towards the end of the year. Yeah, He didn't play against Alabama, but he's just not that kind of quarterback that can beat you both ways, and he doesn't put fear in defenses, where I think Stidham could be the guy, and I'm not saying he will be. I'm saying he could be the guy that could really put the fear of God in these defenses with a running game the way it is in the passing game, if it's clicking, I just don't see how you can stop this offense. Yeah, and it says a lot about Stidham because from from what I've heard, from what Gus said and what Chip Lindsey said and what Sean said himself, is he's, impro- is he's improved since last season. So that So that says a lot, and I think – 
And Sean said he's fine with being the backup and he's going to help Stidham out this year as much as he can. And I think that could really help Stidham out because Sean has seen a lot of these defenses, so he can help give them give them uh, helpful tips on and advice on what to do and what kind of packages the defenses these defenses are going to run. Well, you remember when the last quarterback controversy at Auburn was when Cody Burns got left out. Was it Chris Todd? And the team divided, really. Uh, that, that that was when Auburn couldn't even get a – that was when John Frank, Jim Franklin – was no, Tony Franklin was the offensive coordinator. He got fired after about three or four games when Auburn couldn't even get a first down. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, half, half the team was split. Half of them wanted Cody. Half of them wanted Chris Todd. And at the end of the day, Chris Todd was a better quarterback. Well, the following year in 2010 – when Cam Newton, I think it was Cam Newton came in, he was like, hey, you know, there is no quarterback controversy or anything. And he, he stepped aside, went to receiver. But Sean White's a true Auburn man, but I do think Sean White will transfer after this year as a graduate transfer and start somewhere, don't you? Yeah, I think that could be a possibility. But I could also see him staying. Just just um, the way he handled the the interview on Monday, uh, no, he did a he did an interview either Tuesday or Wednesday where he had a press conference, and it sounds to me like he might transfer, but I could see him maybe not. Just this, uh, he seems to really love love being at Auburn. Yeah, speaking of somebody that that didn't love being at Auburn, John Franklin the third is on his way to. Uh, Florida Atlantic with Lane Kiffin. I mean, this guy's played for more teams than anybody I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, from seeing that interview he did with 247, I mean, I kind of get it. I mean, this is his final year of football pretty much. And if he, he feels he's not going to get any playing time at Auburn, then I, I really don't yeah. blame him. And he, and he graduated and got his degree, so I don't I don't blame him at all. Well, it kind of gives you a sneak peek into Auburn's receiving core because John Franklin III is a very athletic guy. He's very fast. But you look at our receivers, I think they're we're about two, three deep in a lot of positions at the receiver position. We have some big tight ends. I just don't think, and he knew it, they were trying to get him to play defense. And I couldn't see John Franklin – He's running away from people, and when he's a quarterback, he's trying to run out of bounds on fourth down, five yards short of the chains. I mean, I just don't see him trying to tackle anyone. Yeah. So he can't hold on to the ball. He turns the ball over a lot. So, I wish him well. I mean, the kid seemed like he had a real good attitude at Auburn while he was here. I think he's turned his yeah. life around. So, I hope he does good. I just don't like Lane Kippen too much, but it looks like he's a, assembling a good uh, team of criminals, really, over there at Florida <laughs> Atlantic. They may be able to win five or six games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just unbelievable. And this guy's doing whatever he can. I mean, I don't blame Kippen, really. I mean, you have nothing to lose. Just go in there and get all the convicts you can and see if you can put a few wins together. All he's waiting on is a bigger job. That's all he cares about. 
kind of like Bobby Petrino. You know, he'd do anything to get a couple wins under his belt. And that's that's what he's doing. So we'll we'll see. We'll, we'll see how it goes with him. He's not going to play quarterback, though. The other guy from Last Chance U is going to play quarterback. I can't remember his name. But John Franklin will be playing wide receiver at Florida yeah. Atlantic. Yeah. So we'll see, man. Quinn, are, are you excited, man? We're only a couple less than two weeks away, like I said when we came on. We're less than two weeks away from football. Are you going to watch the, the games next Saturday? I'll watch some of them till the undercard of McGregor Mayweather starts up, and then I'll watch that. But, yeah, I'll watch some of the games. You're not going to waste your money on that fight, are you? I am. I'm I'm just a fan of combat sports in general, so if there's a fight on TV going on, I'll I'll watch it. Ask you when that when this thing was first announced. I mean, it was the hottest topic on sports radio, TV, anywhere you went. You saw these guys trash talking. About a month ago, it just stopped. Everything dead in its tracks. What in the world happened? I mean, it's like nobody's even talking about the fight anymore. Uh, a month ago, you couldn't even turn a channel without hearing it. Well, well, in July there was the press tour. So every so during those four days, everything was getting talked about. But you may not be paying as close attention, but the mainstream media talks about has been talking about it since it's gotten announced two months ago. Uh, like almost every day, you have Skip Bayless, you have Colin Coward, ESPN's covering it. I mean, it may not seem yeah, like it, but it's get yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's getting covered almost everywhere. For the... So who's going to win? I mean, I, th- I give McGregor about a puncher's chance, but that's it. Mayweather, Mayweather has done this for for a long time. 21 years he's been fighting in boxing professionally, and I just don't think... It'll be about a five rounds. I don't think... I don't think he's going to KO. I think it's going to go to decision. Yeah, I don't know if Mayweather could even knock me out, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I've never seen him punish anybody, really. Uh, McGregor, though, if he gets a, a good shot on him, and you know, like you said, a puncher's chance, if he lands one of those hooks on him, it's over. I mean, the, Ward Mayweather is going to be knocked out cold. <laughs> That's the difference. Uh, I mean, Gregor is such a punk, though, man. Uh, I mean, a lot of people don't like him because of his trash, because of his trash talking. But he, one thing Connor doesn't have is a criminal record. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, he, trash talks, but, I mean, he he is funny though. In his press conferences, he was he was trashing Mayweather, and it was actually funny the way he would just. I mean, he would trash the guy. It was it was pretty funny, but I'm interested to see what happens. And Jason, I see you in the studio. If you want on one twice for me, so I can make sure. Because I asked Jason to press one earlier, so I'll bring you on in when you. When you press one again, so when yeah, you press one glad, again, Jason, 
I'll bring you on. I'm glad this fight is next week, next weekend, and not the weekend after. So it's like perfect timing, right before. Uh-huh. Well, let's bring on the College man football from really Oregon and see, and see what he thinks. Jason, what do you, who do you think is going to win this fight, or do you even care? I don't care because I'm going to either watch Carter's football or high school football next weekend because it's football season and whatnot. And I'm not going to pay 100 bucks for that fight to watch it on pay-per-view. I may go in a bar and just drink me a couple of beers and punch somebody out myself. What do you think about that? Yeah. And that was too. I'll hop on the jet and I'll join you. <laughs> I don't yeah, think your almost, wife would be too there. happy. No, she would kick <laughs> yeah, my ass. And there would yeah. be no... I told her I was going tomorrow to see the eclipse outside without sunglasses, without those glasses on, and she said, "You better not. I'll be pissed. I'm not taking care of it." She said the rest of his life. <laughs> oh man, I'm <laughs> tired of that yeah, eclipse yeah. talk. <laughs> I know, but but Jason, you should be getting a good look at it, right? In Oregon. Well, yeah, it's in like Eastern Oregon. It's in like Madras, why not? So it's like in the central part of Oregon. Uh, yeah. Are you not driving? Are you not driving there to see it? Uh, no, I'm gonna be at my house. So, <laughs> oh my uh, apartment. So, all right. Yeah, Quinn, are you gonna watch it? Probably not. I'm just not big. I mean, some of these people like are driving hours and hours to get to the best spot. Mm-hmm. And my question is, who really cares? I mean, really. Yeah, I, I could care less about stuff like that, and maybe I'm just I'm weird that way. But I I really don't jump on bandwagons with people and and yeah. do stuff. And I'm not gonna look up at the sun and get blinded either. So not really interested in that. I really want to watch football. Wouldn't that suck to get blinded tomorrow and not be able to watch college football? Yeah, that's, yeah, I'll be terrible. So Jason, I saw you put a video out. With, uh, yeah, I did my um, 2017 Oregon preview um, just now, and it's like getting into the swing of things. So, yeah. How many wins do you have for Oregon? Um, I have Oregon at eight. Um, I, I can't go any more than eight. I have them losing it to Stanford, Washington, um, probably Washington State, and one more. Um, I don't know who that other team is, but eight and four. That's like a good season. But like I said, if this defense does not get better, we're going to be struggling to get a bowl game or struggle to get wins. So. Well, you, you ought to get better on defense. I mean, you got rid of Brady Hope, for God's sake. Wasn't he your defensive well, coordinator last year? Yeah, uh, Hope was the coordinator last year, and we got Jim Levitt to yeah, I mean, that that Oregon defense last year, Quinn was garbage. Yeah, forty-one yeah. points per game. Yeah, it so. can't. I think he's right. It can't get any worse. It has, it has to go up. That's like yeah, that two thousand twelve Auburn defense. I, I think that Auburn defense was better than last year's Oregon defense. I didn't see Auburn give up a 70 boogie, so. I think they yeah. did. They gave up uh, 
Yeah, they gave up a lot. Let me go back to that season real quick. That was one of the worst seasons I've ever witnessed in my life, Quinn. Do you remember the 2012? Uh, oh, yeah, I remember it <laughs> real well. God. They only – the that defense only crazy. gave up 28 points that year. It seems like more. Yeah, it seems like a lot more. They, uh, I mean, they gave up like 70 points to A&M. I can't remember. Wasn't that A and M they got beat that bad? They were three and nine, zero mm-hmm. and eight in the SEC. Scott Leffler was the offensive coordinator. That was like suicide. Brian Van Gorder on defense. I mean, that was like. I mean, seriously, if you wanted to Brian, commit suicide as an Auburn fan, that was it. Well, Brian, that Brian Van Gorder that got fired from Notre Dame was your defense coordinator that year. Yeah, he yeah. was terrible. I mean, oh, I wow. liked him as a coordinator. I mean, he was good. Like, I liked his intensity, but he wasn't. He wasn't made for college football. Yeah. Um, no. So looking at that season for Auburn, um, gave up fifty-three to A&M, and got shut up by Georgia and Alabama, forty-nine nothing, and thirty-eight nothing. Respectfully, yeah. and he gave up. God, that was bad. Well, yeah, only gave up twenty eight per game. Yeah, well, yeah but guess that. what? The, the next year, you go from three and nine to yeah. um, a national two. championship game. That's how that's how quick it can change. And when you recruit oh, yeah. very well and you do it, that that just mm-hmm. shows you right there that teams can quit. It doesn't matter how talented you are. It doesn't matter how your recruiting is. Sometimes, if your team's not together, if they're not gelling together, and they're not you know, playing as one unit, that's what happens to you. So Gene Chizik got shown yeah. the door, and then the Gus Malzahn saga started. And, and guys, I think, if, if Quinn, if Malzahn, just say he wins the SEC this year and makes that playoff, just say he sneaks into the national championship game, that would be three championships this guy's coached since 2010. I mean, there's, there's no way you could get rid of him. I think I think if he did that this year, you've got to keep him for about – Ten more years on both because in yeah. my lifetime Auburn's played for two and he's been a part of both of them. Yeah, so. if if Gus wins, if Gus can uh, win the SEC this year, he's the second best coach in the SEC, the definitive second best coach in the yeah. SEC. I agree. Behind Saban. that's a great point. That's a great point, and and you know he's. And, and Auburn's not Alabama right now in recruiting. It's not. Auburn needs a dynamic quarterback, and they need some kind of like Cam Petway, some of these upperclassmen kind of in certain positions. But well, like you said, he's going to be second overall if he wins this one. There will be no more discussion yeah. about the SEC. Well, Auburn's building on depth talent, but, I mean – they may not be getting top five classes, but they're getting top ten classes every year. And the depth just keeps on building, and you can see that. They're, Auburn's one of the more talented teams in the country, and that's why there's always high expectations, because they get top talent. That's a that's a great point. And, and look, I'm 40. I've been watching Auburn play since I was about seven. And I don't remember an Auburn team this talented with this kind of depth. 
and you're talking about depth up front on the offensive and defensive line, depth at quarterback, depth at receiver, depth at defensive line, depth at linebacker. I mean, it's everywhere. I mean, that's to me, that's what we've been – even in 13, Quinn, we lacked that, and we made it to the championship game. In 2010, we had 30 seniors, and we made it with Cam Newton, but we didn't have really depth. Yeah. This year, we have depth. Yeah, the only the only place where there isn't much, where we're kind of struggling in depth is in the secondary a little bit, but everywhere else there's quite a bit of depth. You know what covers up a secondary, and and the good thing about Auburn is they a play good pass in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that, but they play in the SEC to where, you know, Georgia they've got a quarterback that can pick your secondary apart, but I just don't think he's good enough right now. But you don't. If, if Auburn played in the Pac-12 with or Big 12 with that kind of secondary, if it was not deep, that's when you get in trouble. But in the SEC, you can, you know, you can rely on your pass rush, your linebackers to kind of make up for it. Where you know you get a great quarterback, they'll pick your ass apart. And so it, it's just different playing SEC football than than Big 12 and Pac-12. Pac-12. It doesn't mean it's better. It's just different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a lot of physical down there. And good thing about Auburn's secondary, they won't face a top-notch quarterback until probably November uh, against A&M or whatnot. So um, they don't face the returning yeah. quarterback until September 30th. I don't know if Missouri gets their quarterback returning. So. Man, you just stole my um, thunder, man. What? Well, Missouri, Missouri has a good quarterback. Yeah, um, they do. he's so, dangerous, man. Good uh, lord. And Mississippi State, Fitzgerald, he's pretty good. Arkansas, Arkansas. We'll see well, what Indiana does. They're, they're not. They're not elite. I'll tell you, the quarterback that scares me more than anybody, guys, is Nick Fitzgerald. In Mississippi State, that guy, <laughs> he he's scary. That he's damn on him, the quarterback whisperer. So. Who? Dan Morton, the quarterback whisperer. Worked with Tebow yeah. and Dak Prescott. <laughs> yeah. but I'm gonna tell you a quarterback. I'm gonna tell you a quarterback that I don't think is gonna do as well this year. I don't think, and I talked to Quinn about this. I don't think he finishes – I think halfway through the season, maybe earlier, he's not the starting quarterback, and that's Jalen Hurts in Alabama. I think Jalen Hurts came in with – Lane Kiffin really helped him. I mean, any other pro-style quarterback, Jalen – coach, Jalen Hurts wouldn't be playing. They had two five-stars in there that transferred out that were true, like, Pac-12 quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. came in with a – just kind of a big guy with a – he didn't have a great arm, like, accuracy-wise, but he could run. Well, this year, the way Alabama's looking, it looks like they're going to try. I don't think Hurts will fit in good with Alabama. I think they lose a game early, and I think they they flip over the quarterbacks. And I think at that time, Alabama's going to be very hard to beat because he can utilize the other quarterbacks, the pro-style quarterbacks, can utilize those receivers that Alabama has a lot better. They, they're loaded at receiver and running back. My God. So, if you're a yeah. quarterback, all you have to do is hand it off and throw it down the field a little bit. Hurts will turn the ball over a lot. And that's where I think Alabama this year, they don't have that defense 
up front like they used to have or like like they had this year, Quinn. If they get down 21 points like they did to Ole Miss this year, I don't think they can come back. Yeah, well, the thing is, I think if they do do a QB change, it'll be the first game because after Florida State, they play, they play Fresno State, Colorado State, Vanderbilt. I mean, and then their next um, – their next, like, okay opponent is Mississippi. So, I mean, it it would be tough to make a QB change unless he's really, really doing bad to make a QB change in the fifth game of the season. Let me tell you what I like about, you know, the schedule for Alabama and Auburn is, you know, you play a, a big home run hitter early, but then you get both teams, and then they get kind of work their way through the schedule. And for instance, for Auburn, they play Georgia Southern. That's a great game to get your feet wet at home to to get some practice in. You go to Clemson and you win that one. All of a sudden, you're back home against Mercer, and then your first road game is really at Missouri. They've got a great offense, but that team's not going to be able to beat Auburn, I don't think, if Auburn brings their A game. And then they get two games at home in a row against Mississippi State and Ole Miss. I know Mississippi State's probably not going to come into Auburn. As long as Auburn doesn't play with them for three quarters, let them stay in the game, they should handle business against those two. So Auburn's got until the middle of October before they really go to a powerhouse SEC uh, team, LSU. Then they go to Arkansas. I know you're not afraid of that one, Quinn, but I am. But then they get a bye week before they go to A&M. So, I think Auburn's schedule works out good for a team that's breaking in a quarterback that can, you know, get some timing and rhythm down. I mean, if I'm making any sense, Quinn, with their schedule being kind of easy up front for the most part to get them some steam before they head into the last six. Yeah, I agree with you. And the only thing that scares me about Arkansas is it's the week after LSU. (laughs) That's yeah. the only thing. Arkansas always gives us trouble. I mean, last year we beat them by 53. I mean, that that wasn't much trouble. But that's, that's a team that seems like they, especially when we go there. I remember two years ago, remember when we played them in Arkansas, we went into like 18 overtimes and, and lost to them. Yeah, but besides that, Melzon has had success against Arkansas outside yeah. of that year. Yeah. He does. He does. And, and I look at LSU. I, the one thing I like about that game is they don't have really an offense that can put up a lot of points, and I, I like our defense. So, looking yeah. at our, if we didn't have a good defense, I'd worry about it. But with Stidham at quarterback and the running game and our defense, we should be able to survive LSU. It's going to be a tough win. We haven't won there in, God, 20 years, I think. But it, it's it's a winnable game this year where most times you look at that LSU game on the road, it's not very winnable. <laughs> yeah, but Matt can I want to see what Matt Canada can do because he's a really good offensive coordinator. And if he can, if he can turn, turn Atlean even to be into being a pretty good quarterback. I mean, that could be a really, really tough, yeah. tough game. That worries me. I mean, I mean, could you imagine that Auburn and LSU come in both undefeated? 
Could you imagine that kind of game? My God. That's, um, and it's probably going to be a story, nice game. Oh, it's, LSU won't play it anymore if it's not. I hope it's 11 a.m. kick. That's what I hope it is. But LSU will not play that game unless it's under the lights. And you you look at two of the top players in the country. you got guys for running back, and you've got Arden Key on defense. That guy will kill you. I mean, the, I mean LSU is loaded with talent. But the problem is, guys, Ed Orgeron's the coach. That's the big problem. I know you guys may love him, but I don't think he's that good. Um, that's just my honest opinion. But let's go back real quick to Alabama's schedule real quick, and then we'll start talking about the rest of the country so we don't sit all night and worry about Alabama and Auburn. But I just want to talk about their schedule. If they're going to do a quarterback change, Jason, it'll be early. I mean, they got Florida State. And then listen to this. There's no state at home. Although my, my computer yeah. wanted to flip out on me. Fresno State, I mean, Colorado State, at Vanderbilt, Ole Miss at home, at A&M. I mean, that's through October 7th to get the 14th. They got a, a cupcake. I'd say through September. So their first five games are cupcakes besides Florida State. I mean, they're, those are complete ass whippings right there waiting to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. After Florida State, their toughest game really to me isn't until LSU. They get like two months of like of like <laughs> they could coast. Well, I, I think you're right. I mean, I look at the Florida State game. Bama's going to be favored by a touchdown or less. Fresno State about forty. Colorado State forty. At Vanderbilt mm-hmm. twenty-eight to thirty. Ole Miss thirty. At A&M, probably about 14. Arkansas and Tuscaloosa, about 21. Tennessee, about 21. You're right, Twin. I mm-hmm. think you may be right. I think you may be yeah. right. And even LSU and Tuscaloosa, LSU always plays them there, but then it gets tricky for them. The LSU game in November, they play the next week. This is what people don't realize. At Mississippi State, by that time uh, – Fitzgerald and all those guys could be rolling Quinn a night, maybe a night game in in Starkville or something with those cowbells. Uh, Mercer, I don't know. I think Auburn plays Mercer too, so both of them are going to pound on Mercer this year, and then they end up in the Iron Bowl on the road. So man, there's there's really like four games here that Alabama's going to have to get up for, three or four, and that's it. That's not too bad. Yeah. So I don't know. So so Quinn, let me ask you this: If if Alabama lost to Florida State and LSU, then somehow won the West and won the SEC, do you think they'll be in the playoff? If they lost to, if they have two Florida losses State. and win the SEC. Um. It would depend, wouldn't it? So it it would depend. I mean, what if what if Ohio State's the one loss team? What if uh, some other teams in the bigger conferences? But yeah, I I don't think so. It just depends. If there were, if Ohio State was a two loss team, Alabama would go over them. If if uh, 
say Texas was a two-loss team or Oklahoma or Oklahoma State or Washington, yeah, they would. Well, give, if you're looking at a, I'll give you, I'll give you this situation. Let's let's just say I think Oklahoma State wins the Big Twelve and goes eleven and two. But in the Big Ten, say Wisconsin and Ohio State going into that game undefeated, and Ohio State wins, and it was a close game. And Wisconsin has one loss. Would they choose a two-loss Alabama team who won the SEC championship, or would they put in a Wisconsin yeah. team that their only loss was in a close game to Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game? I would say Alabama, and I'll tell you why. The Wisconsin, the name's not as big as Alabama, but number two, if you look at it, the they, those championship games are really playoff games to me, and I think that's how they look at it. So if Wisconsin lost to Ohio State, they're out of the playoff, really. That's how they're going to look at that, I think. Would they deserve? I think, I think. I, I mean, I wouldn't mind if Wisconsin went. They would deserve it, but it's all about money. Nobody wants to see a rematch of Wisconsin-Ohio State. They would rather see Alabama play at Ohio State, possibly, for the ratings and the money. So I, it's going to be hard to get two teams from the same conference in especially this year. Now, now maybe the SEC could with a – just imagine if Alabama and Auburn were undefeated, Quinn, and they're in, the, they're in the same division, but Alabama beat them, and Alabama won the SEC, and Auburn was 11-1 and one with wins over Clemson, LSU. I mean, I think Auburn would probably get in. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that happening. That would – yeah, but, that would be tough. Well, I think you may be right. And, uh, you know, Jason, you heard our conversation about the Big Ten West last week. That Wisconsin team, Quinn, is pretty loaded, uh, looking at what they're bringing back. Jason, what do you think about the Big Ten before we head out to the Pac-12 and I ask you some questions? Well, the the Big Ten's good. Um, I, I like the conference. Um, they're really heavy at top. But as the SEC, I think the middle-of-the-road teams are better than the Big Ten middle-of-the-road teams, if that makes any sense. So, Jason, I'm going to flip over to you to the Pac-12 right quick since you're our Pac-12 guy. I'm, I'm, Uh I'm hearing a lot of love too much, and maybe I'm wrong about Southern California. I just... I look at this team, and I'm not ready to put them in the playoff yet, especially over Washington. I think Washington's got a lot of people coming back. I don't know why they're behind Southern California in the polls, and and I really don't know why Southern Cal's getting up with love. All they did was they beat Penn State last year in the Rose Bowl, but how are they going to play with their coach right now? I'm not real big on their coach either, but how are they going to play with the pressure of being – with all these expectations on him. I'm not a big Sam Darnold guy. I mean, I know everybody's going to put him first overall in the draft, but I'm not ready to anoint them kings just yet in the Pac-12. No, I, like, like I said earlier to you um, a couple of days ago, yeah, I get that you don't like USC, but I can't I can't see one or two losses. You, look, you take away that Texas game, it's a bunch of cupcakes that USC said war over. Um, yeah, you look at that um, Friday night game at Washington State, but outside of that, 
USC is going to be more talented than everybody else. And oh, that how about at Notre Dame? Notre Dame. At Notre Dame. I think Stanford beats them. Week two. That could happen. And we all know that I love that Stanford USC upset. So I I might pull that trigger this year too. Um, Because Stanford Stanford doesn't have the half of the bye. That's pretty bad getting a bye after the first week. uh, Well, because I guess it's because they're traveling. Yeah. yeah, but Stanford well, never had better athletes than USC. But Stanford always finds a way to beat them. Well, that's four tough. I mean, they've got four tough games in a row, or three: Stanford, Texas, at Cal, at Washington State. Those are not going to be. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Those are going to be tough games. At Cal, a tough game. It's a night game. I mean, it's a game against a, a conference opponent. I mean, I'm not saying it's. Uh, the top ten matchup, but those are the games it's, after playing Stanford and Texas back to back to play that game on the road to kind of let your guard down. Maybe that could be yeah, maybe for the first quarter. But but I'm telling you, Washington State could be one to get them. Yeah, that that Bowman trip at night is it's a sneaky place to play at. Yeah, no one's Colorado out on the road. Yeah, and I'm telling you this. And I'm telling you this at Notre Dame, people are underestimating Notre Dame because of last year. But I mean, Notre Dame's defense should be way better. They have another good QB that's replacing Kaiser and Brandon Wimbush. I mean, I actually have Notre Dame winning that game, and I'm not, that might be biased, but that game's going to be super close. And you, people forget USC, if it wasn't for three special teams touchdowns last year that they had against Notre Dame, <laughs> that, get, that, game would, been, that game would have been real close. So, I mean, people are counting out Notre Dame in that, in that well, game at this point, well, but that's going to be a tight right, game. Man. You remember Auburn, like we said, three and nine that year, and I mean, people thought, well, they suck. They went three and nine, but that team had some talent, you know, and had some players that could play. Notre Dame's the same. I mean, Brian Kelly knows his job's on the line, and going to South Bend is not easy. And you can ask Georgia that probably after week after week two, if if Notre Dame beats Georgia, they're going to have some momentum going, and this team could be one of the teams contending for something. You never know, but. I'm not ready to think Notre Dame's a cupcake, Jason. Uh, you're really looking at that. I know you do probably, but Notre Dame's going to be a tough team. Especially well, yeah, that. Notre Dame will be a tough game for USC, especially Notre Dame's coming off of the bye. That's really huge. Now, I'm sorry that I didn't look at that, but, hey, we all make mistakes. I make no mistakes for anybody. Let's look at Washington. Hey, hey, guys, let's look at Washington's schedule. And you're talking about a cupcake. Rutgers. Oh, yeah. Is it Montana, Fresno, Colorado, oh, Oregon State, Cal, Arizona State, mm-hmm. UCLA at home, Oregon at home. So those are two tough games at home. At Stanford, that's going to be tough. Utah back at home and Washington State at home. That's, to me, that's the favorite to win the Pac-12 right there in that division. But, again, yeah. I don't see – I don't see Southern Cal on that schedule this year. 
That's the thing. That's, that's oh. what makes them a lot easier to get through there, Quinn. You look at USC's missing from that. I mean, that's a pretty easy schedule for the most part. When I say easy, I mean your toughest games, with the exception of Stanford's at home. you got UCLA and Oregon at home, yeah. Utah at home, Washington State at home. So if you can get past Stanford, you, you're looking at a possible 12-0 and Washington team, Quinn. Yeah, their toughest game by far is at Stanford, and I have them losing that game. Yeah. I know you're not. I know you're not as high on Stanford, but I have Stanford going eleven <laughs> and one this year, win, winning the Pac-12 North and winning the Pac-12. Hold so, on, I'm going to Stanford schedule. Hold on, hold your horses, Quinn. Hold on. Uh, hold I'm on. already there. I already beat you to it at USC. All right, let me go Utah. through Stanford schedule. Let me go through the Stanford schedule. That's my one loss for Stanford. I'm going to say they lose to Southern Cal. Rice could beat them, but (laughs) I'm joking. Uh, Southern Cal (laughs) will be a loss. I think Utah will be a loss, possibly. Washington State's a possible loss, and Notre Dame in Washington. So there's, there's five games that Stanford could possibly lose, and I'm not saying they're going to lose them. But when you got when you oh, have five added, games that you can lose, what? yeah, I'll add a possible six, Brian. Oregon State on a Thursday night on the road. You at those USC teams with Marcus Sanchez and um, Linus, They don't want to go to yeah. Cobalis on a week night. But the good I'm thing is, Stanford has a bye. Yeah. Before that, I tell you Stanford's problem, guys. Stanford's problem is they don't really have a, a high-powered offense. And, and any time you, you have an offense that just kind of grinds it out, you're you're able to get beat today's college football world. I'm telling you. this Today's age, you can get blown out by somebody and not even be that much – I mean, man, be better than them. I could see, like, against USC, I don't see Stanford moving the ball against that defense. And it's just their style. Uh at Utah, that's a very tough place to score. You don't see many people scoring a lot of points at Utah usually. Uh, that, that's what worries me. Notre Dame to end out the year. Notre Dame could be a, a top ten team at that time, or they could be washed out. Mm-hmm. You never know. But I, I don't. I think Stanford loses three games, Glenn. At least three. I'm gonna say three games. Yeah, I yeah. could see that. I could too. be wrong. Yeah, I could see yeah, that too. That's playing tough. And I and I see and, Notre and, Dame going into that Stanford game at ten and one. So there could there could really be some big things on the line in that game. And football's a lot better when Notre Dame's good. You know, when Notre Dame's good, Southern Cal's good, Ohio State's mm-hmm. good. I mean football's just a lot better. Let's go to Penn State schedule real quick. I'm curious about these scrubs. Um Everybody's coming on Penn State a lot. Doing really well. What? Oh, Quinn, you're just drinking the the Franklin Kool-Aid over there. And this guy gets six million dollars a year. He's a pretty good coach, though. He left Vanderbilt with a bunch of rapists and let them go off to jail. But but let's go through this one real quick. I mean, look, they they don't even play a game, Quinn, until Michigan. So they their first six games uh, are against Akron, Pitt. Uh, Georgia State, Iowa, Indiana, Northwestern. Chalk them up. Northwestern right could be tough. At Northwestern, that could be a tough game. 
I see him you, winning, you know why they're but tough? Because it's always I think noon. that'll be a it's point. always in the morning. Well, and Northwestern, they don't have the ta- they don't have much talent, but they're really well coached, um, and I think they'll oh, be yeah. good this year. So I, I see that being a tough game for Penn State. Well, here you go with Penn State, guys. They played Michigan October 21st. I could see them winning that game at home. But then they turn around for two road games at Ohio mm. State, at Michigan State. They could easily drop both of those. I think they'll lose one of them. I think they'll lose to Ohio State. I think they'll probably beat Michigan State. Yep. Um, I'm don't be surprised at home. Michigan State bounce back either. either. Yeah, so – I'm going to say 10-2 and two for Penn State this year to get a New Year's Six Bowl game. I think 10-2 and two is realistic. Could they go 12-0? and 0? Probably not. They'll lose one of those road games. But 11-1 and 1 Penn State team that could possibly – the problem is, though, they play in a division with Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State. So mm-hmm. if they lose to Ohio State, Ohio State's going to have to lose two conference games in order for them – to get in. That's that's the problem Penn State has. They go on the road and lose to Ohio State, they're done. They're not getting into the playoff with eleven and one in that. I'm just no. I don't think they will. They could. They could, but I just don't think they will. That's Ohio State's conference this year, unless something crazy happens. But I think Michigan being ranked in the top ten right now is a joke, guys. I mean Yeah. There's no reason why Michigan should be ranked in the top ten, Jason. Yeah, um, Michigan loses everybody but the cheerleaders um, on defense. <laughs> so, um, they return five returning starters, four of them's on offense. So, um, they lose a lot. Um, I really don't like teams where they lose a lot. Yeah. That's hey, Quinn, you, Quinn, you look at their schedule, Quinn. Uh, Michigan State. Or they play Florida to start with. Let's not forget that. But Florida's yeah. got their whole team suspended. Michigan State at Indiana could be a tricky game. At Penn State, at Maryland, at Wisconsin. That that Wisconsin game's a loss to Michigan. They're going to lose that game. And then back at Ohio State for the the last one. I mean, I could see Michigan losing three or four games, Quinn. Yeah, Michigan going nine and three. I think the only reason why people are high on them is because they're coach and because yeah. they have such high respect for Harbaugh. So that's the only reason. I mean, when you only return one defensive starter and only return five starters total, <laughs> I mean, that, yeah. that I don't care who your coach is. That That's tough to overcome. Well, and I want to talk say real this. quick about the coaches. Uh, Go ahead, Jason. Go ahead. I'll say this about the Big Ten, Minnesota. I don't know who, but they will they will make somebody's day a lot tough because I really believe in PJ Fleck. They'll they'll get somebody. They probably won't beat them, but they'll say, "Man, that was a tough team." So Minnesota's always a tough team, man. It's just just like they always. But let's let's go. People Mm -hmm. talk about the Big Ten. And recruiting you are the best coaches and everything and and they, they do have some good coaches but if you were so great at, at coaching if you were such a great coach I just think your recruiting would be better if you look at you know Michigan and Ohio State of course they 
top five. I mean, Michigan Michigan could have a good year this year, actually, even though they lost a lot of people. you got to remember the people they lost were, were people with Brady Hoke, wasn't it? I mean, nobody – those guys – wasn't yeah. Brady Hoke the coach before Harbaugh? So, I mean, you, yeah. you look at Harbaugh this year recruited 16 true fre- or freshmen that were four stars, three five stars, nine nine three stars. I mean, I'll just look at that. They could have some serious talent in the quarterback. You know, Jim Harbaugh can develop any quarterback and make them good. Yeah. So that's what scares me about Michigan a little bit. I know they lost a lot of people, Quinn, but they yeah. have a lot of talent too. Yeah, they do. And I wanted to get you to your point about the recruiting in the Big Ten. Unless you're Ohio State or a Michigan that um, has a rich <laughs> tradition and things, I mean, you got to remember these Big Ten teams are in the are in the North, so it can even Wisconsin has somewhat of a tradition, but they struggle recruiting big time recruits. You you even look at like Nebraska, who has a good tradition. It's just it's just tough to recruit like Minnesota. Like who wants to play up in Minnesota? Mm-hmm. So a lot of it can just be about the cold weather, you know. But but you look well, at Wisconsin, about... and and you're right. But but they always how does Wisconsin always have top ten teams every year, and they always have great players. You look at them like, wow, who's this guy? Oh, he was a two star. How do they keep developing this talent? Like I mean, it doesn't matter what coach it is. Wisconsin develops more talent than anybody. I I think it's. I think a lot of it has to do with with the system, and the, um, it seems like the coaches keep the system somewhat somewhat the same. And uh, I mean, big time. I mean, the big time linemen like uh, Wisconsin high school football usually produces some good big linemen. So usually they'll go to Wisconsin and. And then the running backs, and then the running backs, I think, have been a product of the offensive line a little bit, which has gotten them in the NFL. And then their de- and then their defense that just recently they've had some really good defensive coordinators, so they've been able to produce some really good uh, players. But I think it's just the system. That they've kind of have have had since Barry Alvarez coached. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. And you know, Davo Sweeney is a a coach I was wrong about, and that 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 program really he developed a lot of good players. Like before, they were three stars and sometimes some four, but he made them five stars, and now they're getting talent. And I think that if you want to beat Clemson, this is the year you're going to beat them. You know, but next year they're going to be back in the hunt for the playoffs. But you know, I just look at the Big Ten, though. They have, I think they do have the best coaches because you look at their recruiting, like Quinn said, and they're winning. They're up there winning, playing hard-nosed physical football, where the SEC is getting all these all the talent, but they're not able to do as much with it unless you're Alabama. So I don't know. Maybe the Big Ten, Jason, is the the best conference when it comes to coaching. Because I see a lot of development going on there. Yeah, yeah, far as coaching in the Big Ten, there's not a conference that could 
put up that coaching. Um, you got Urban Meyer, you got... Eight. Outside of... Yeah, you got Dabo, you got Jimbo, you got Mark Rick down there. Um, that's the only... North Carolina coach, what's his name? Um, North Carolina but, State, I mean, they're they're pretty good. I mean, the AC, I think the SEC, if Malzahn wins this year, and the other teams, when they're out of conference games, Quinn, they may come back to be second or something, but I just don't think anybody's passing the Big Ten in coaches right now. They've got some legitimate studs coaching football right now. Yeah, I agree. And I, th- I think it's by a wide margin, too. Yeah. It is. I mean, Harbaugh, for God's sake, he's I mean, this guy's won Super Bowls. This guy is – he beat he USC when he was at Stanford. They were a 43-point underdog, and he goes into the yep. Coliseum and beats them. Jesus. I mean, you don't mm. see that. I mean, you don't see coaches with that caliber. Urban Meyer's won everywhere he's been. You got Franklin now. He won at Vanderbilt, for God's sake. Didn't he win eight or nine games at Vanderbilt? Yeah, yeah he did. Then you, I mean, that's just some of them. Wisconsin's coach, I mean, they're just, I mean, they just have some real good coaches there. And it's going to be interesting People, to see this year who the best coach, who the best conference is playing wise, but coaching wise, Quinn, there's it's a wide margin, like you said. Yeah, and people even forget who's coaching at Illinois. Lovey Smith is at Illinois, mm-hmm. and he's, he's been Super to Bowl, a Super Bowl. Oh yeah, yeah he's played at one. How about He's been the one with Minnesota the Bears when. Yeah, Fleck at Minnesota, Quinn, and then Northwestern's coach. What's his name, Fitzgerald, or what's his name? Yeah. I thought he was one of the up-and-coming best coaches in college football, and he may be because Northwestern doesn't get anybody, but he's been able to be pretty good with them. So, yeah, it's not even close. And hey, hey, you know, you know, you know who else we're leaving out right here? Who's who's the best coach? One of them in the Big Ten, D'Antonio. What's his name for Michigan yeah, State? Oh yeah, yeah. Michigan State. Yeah. Again, I have a bounce back here. I I don't want to see him yeah. having back to back three and nine win seasons. Yeah, three and, and nine. And, and I want to move on real quick. I just want to go to the ACC real quick. We got Clemson and Florida State. Those two coaches are. Well, I don't even have to say anything. Then you have Mark Rick mm-hmm. in Miami. You have uh, what's this guy's name at uh, shit? Yeah, uh, Virginia Louisville. Tech and Louisville. Who's Virginia Tech? Louisville. I know Petrino. Virginia Tech. What's his name? Justin Fuente. Um, I really like yeah. him. Yes, and North Carolina's coach is real good. Yeah, Fedora. Yeah. yeah, I mean, these guys, Georgia Tech, Paul Rhodes is an ass, but he's a good football coach. And BC always has good defense. I, I think the SEC is third in coaching right now. Yeah. I, I, I think I'd agree with that. Maybe fourth. Yeah. Maybe fourth. But, hey, hold on. The, the Pac-12 now, I mean – I may say fourth because you look at what the Pac-12 has, guys. I mean, it's it's not bad. And I think uh, Peterson, Peterson being in Washington has really made that 
made that conference a lot stronger. When yeah. it comes. I'm going to say third. SEC's third. The Pac-12's fourth, and it's close. It's close. Yeah. So, it's a good conversation. See, I'm not a big SEC homer. Yeah. Too bad, you know? I mean, I mean, I can be honest with you and tell you that Butch Jones, I think, is a good football coach, but he's in over his head at Tennessee. I think if he doesn't win nine games this year, he's out. I mean, you just got a lot of unknowns in the SEC. Kirby Smart, um, I'm not. Re- I don't think he's going to be a good head coach. Gus Malzahn, it, it, we're going to find out. You got Jim McElwain. I think he's a good football coach, but I mean, he's not going to elite. He's not going to get Florida to that championship. I don't think. Will Muschamp at South Carolina. I don't think he's a great head coach. Arkansas Brett Belima. I think. I think he's okay, but. He's not a playoff kind of coach. Kentucky with Stoops. Dan Mullen's probably the second or third best coach in the SEC, and he's at Mississippi State. So, I mean, it's it's just not that. It's just not Ole Miss has nobody. Vanderbilt's got a good little mascot. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's just hard for me to put the SEC up there right now. But in recruiting, yeah, these guys can recruit better than anybody. But yeah. like Quinn said, it's it's really the weather and everything's what they get. They get nice weather, facilities, and, you know, the five stars choose that. So, anyway, any any questions about the Big Ten coaching right now? Anything you want to add that I missed or any of the coaches? No, but I am, I'm trying to I fight am off high on flats. I am high on Fleck yeah. at Minnesota. I really think yeah. he could do some good things at Minnesota. Well, I'll be a bigger fan of him. He could have beat Oregon at State. I'll be a bigger <laughs> PJ Fleck. You just like Jonathan, man. You're just like Jonathan when it comes to Florida State. In Florida, you're like that with Oregon State. I'm like that with Alabama. Quinn's like that with with Alabama, too. Well, so, number, I love it, Jason. The number one rule of being a sports fan is, in any circumstances, do not root for your rival. Bottom line, I don't care if they're playing the little sisters of the poor. You want your rival to go opal, whatever. Yeah. I, I can honestly say I don't pull for Alabama. and I don't think – I can't remember a time I have. I think the last time I pulled for Alabama was 1992 when they were playing Miami because I hated Miami, even just like Alabama, because they were running their mouth so much. But, Quinn, do you, do you ever pull for Alabama? I can't. I just can't do no. it. No. No. It was tough for me in 2014 when they played Ohio State because Alabama Ohio, and Ohio State are the two teams I dislike the most, but Alabama's the most – is is my first team I dislike the most. So it was, I was hoping yeah. Ohio State would win because of the lesser of two evils, but yeah. that was really I loved tough it. for me. I love that. I love when Oklahoma, <laughs> even though I hate Bob Stoops, I loved it when Oklahoma pounded them too, you know. It was just like, yeah. But, but the thing is, you don't get to see Alabama down too much. I mean, you don't get to see them lose. You know? No. But I really like it when they lose. Yeah. <laughs> Same. So this year, if they lose two, I'll be happy. I like them to lose twelve, but we know that's not going to happen. So I hope yeah. Alabama, you know, gets what they deserve. Really. 
But, yeah. but hey, guys, we, we, we've talked college football, and I want to do a show this week once the AP comes out, do some more. But let's we got a few minutes left. Let's talk some NFC South. Is that okay with everybody? Yeah, sure. All right, NFL is back. I mean, the preseason's going well. And it's just this conference right here is very interesting because you have some great quarterbacks in this division. You have the Atlanta Falcons that just went to the Super Bowl and choked it away. You have Carolina that was there two years ago and got beat down. They had a bad year last year. You have Tampa Bay with Jameis Winston, I think, could be the one of the surprise teams in the NFC this year to make a run. And then you have the New Orleans Saints with – uh, anytime Drew Brees is your quarterback, you can score points, but their defense is garbage. But, but Quinn, you look at this conference right here from top to bottom, I think it's the best in football. Oh, or division, would, excuse me, division. The best. Of, I, think, I think it has potential to be, to be one of the best for sure. I mean, I, Who do you think, I the best? think the NFC – NFC East is going to be tough, but mm-hmm. yeah, I. But with the quarterbacks, like you said, I mean, when there's when you have good quarterback play, and if there's a couple good quarterbacks in a conference, it makes it a real tough conference. It does every week, and and you know when Carolina drafted McCaffrey at first, I wasn't a big fan of that, but. After seeing him play and thinking about it and starting to watch him and how he's going to fit into this offense with Cam Newton, Jason, I think McCaffrey was a home run pick for Carolina. I think it makes that offense a lot more dynamic and harder to stop, and I think it's going to help Cam Newton a lot. Yeah, yeah, this um, we saw this at Stanford. You could have put McCaffrey anywhere, and he's in the space, and he is a dangerous athlete. I'm I know who I'm drafting in fantasy football, Quinn. <laughs> I'm drafting McCaffrey what? in my keeper league. I'm drafting McCaffrey. I've got a keeper league. We get five okay. keepers, but McCaffrey's going to be right there. I get the second pick in the draft this year, and I'm going to take McCaffrey if he's available. I mean, there's some good players in this draft early on. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think about the Panthers sitting here with Cam Newton – the offensive line is healthy. Last year they weren't healthy, and I think people forget last year how many injuries they've had on that offensive line and how many games were missed. I think Carolina, from top to bottom, offense and defense, easily, pretty close. They're the best team in this division. And I think mm-hmm. Tampa Bay is the second best team in this division. Jameis Winston is a superb quarterback, and I think he's just going to get better. Deshaun Jackson's there with, with big Mike Evans at receiver. Um, but then you've got the Falcons and the Saints. I think the Falcons are better. I think you got Carolina, Tampa, Atlanta, and New Orleans, Quinn. That's how I see this division playing out. The, the Saints in the last because they're defense, and I don't think Atlanta's defense mm-hmm. is that good either. Plus, the schedule gets a little tougher for Atlanta. Yeah. I think Atlanta will finish second. I think Tampa will finish third. I have – I have Carolina. I think between, I think winning a lot. I think I have them going eleven and five, either eleven and five or ten and six. And I think that wins the conference or Carolina. I have them having them. I have them having a big bounce back year, and 
and I think Cam will have a really good year again this year. Yeah, Cam's good, man. And anytime a superstar gets gets humbled, like he got humbled last year, is what happened. So he had to he got yeah. torn down last year, and he's had to build himself back up. But you look at Atlanta's schedule. You know they play. I think September 10th, they go to Chicago the first game. That's not going to be easy on the road to Chicago to open up. Then you've got Green Bay, Detroit, Buffalo. I look at they got to go to New England, to Carolina. Of course, they go. They play Dallas this year. They go to Seattle. They're getting that same kind of schedule that Carolina got, Quinn, in the past. And it was tough playing Seattle and these teams every year out of conference in Dallas. I think Atlanta's going to get a taste of that this year, and it's going to hurt them. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm looking at the schedule right now. Yeah, it's tough. They they have to go to New England. They get they get uh the Cowboys at home. They go to Seattle. Yeah, I mean, but but, it's but here's tough. something. One thing, Quinn, is is in the winter time in December they don't really have to go on the road anywhere that's tough in a cold weather environment. Seattle in November could be very cold, but they don't really, you know, they play the Jets in October, New England in October, Green Bay, they play at home, but that that's one good thing for the uh, the Falcons right there, Quinn, is they're not a good cold-weather team, and I don't think they're going to have to be. Yeah, you're right about that. It's a, Yeah, all December they either are at home or go to warm, or go to Dome or a warm-weather place, so I agree with that. That sucks. That pisses me off because I want him to struggle, Jason. So, so Jason, what do you think about yeah. this? What, what do you think about this comp or this division right here? Who's going to be on top? Give me your first one through four. How you see it shaking well, out? I, I kind of agree with you. I think Cam Newton definitely has a bounce back here. I think McCaffrey is going to help Newton um, ease the pressure off him. Um, I have Atlanta at number two. I, I think Atlanta's still a good team. Um, I think they won't have a Super Bowl hangover, and I think um, Tampa Bay's going to be right there. I love watching the Hornets. And it's instant number four just because can't trust that defense. You trust the offense, but not that defense. How about the kicker for Tampa Bay, Quinn, getting cut already? That's pretty bad, isn't it? This guy didn't miss in college, and now he can't get a job. Yeah. Oh, oh, a, oh, a guy. Uh, uh, the, yeah, the guy that went to Florida State. He's now on the Bears roster. Yep. And and he, <laughs> and, and he and he kicked a horrible field goal yesterday. Ah, completely but, missed. Well, what do you think happens to this guy? Like the some kickers. I mean, kicking such a mental game, like quarterback, but even more for kickers. I just think that, you know, it gets in your head that all of a sudden you're human. At Florida State, this guy was good from anywhere, and now he just sucks. And I think looking at his kicks, it's all there, – there's some – there's a there's something off in his kick, but I think it's more mental than anything. I think it's confidence. I, I don't know if yeah. – he probably doesn't have full confidence in himself, whereas yeah. – 
whereas he was making everything in college, so his confidence just kept growing and growing. Mm-hmm. Whereas he misses a couple in the NFL, and your whole mindset gets kind of thrown off, and then it's tough to get it get your mindset back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey guys, I want to go over Carolina real quick. Their schedule. And we, we we talk about Atlanta's schedule, how tough it was. Well, you look at Carolina, they start out at San Francisco. I don't think that's going to be too tough to win. But at New England October 1st, it's going to be pretty warm. I think Carolina's got a puncher's chance in that one. They do go to Detroit. They go to Chicago. They go to Tampa Bay, of course, their division people. And at the Jets, I look at that schedule, Quinn, and I think it's pretty easy for the most part. They they do play Green Bay at home in December. They play Minnesota at home in December, and and I just think looking at their their out of division out of cross conference games, New England on the road, the Jets on the road. That's just not to me real tough. I mean, I just think New England is, but I mean it could be a lot worse. I agree, and I mean uh, finishing the fourth and the. The vision can help when you when you have to when you play uh <laughs> yeah when you go when you play the fourth place team so wherever you fit i mean that that helps with uh <laughs> the schedule so yeah it's i mean it's, it's amazing i mean new england look carolina cam newton's a superstar kind of ego guy he's gonna get up for that Tom Brady game there in New England and in New England the first month of the season or so that's when you beat New England once it gets mm. uh, end of October November December you're not beating them especially in Foxborough but, but I think their bye comes at a perfect time too so they play a they play week 11 their bye week so they give a chance to heal up and then they played at New York Jets at New Orleans Minnesota Green Bay Tampa Bay and at Atlanta that's that's a good six games right there that mm-hmm. I think all of those games are winnable, especially Green Bay at home, Tampa Bay at home, Minnesota's at home. I think you, anytime you go to New York and close to December, that's going to be tough. Anytime you go to the Dome and play Drew Brees, it's going to be tough. But I just think that's a very good schedule. And I could see 13-3 and three in this one, Quinn, 12-4 and four mm-hmm. kind, of, kind of year for Carolina. Maybe even better. You never know. Yeah, if they go thirteen and three or twelve and four, that would that would be really good. I, I mean, you never know come playoff time, but I think they could, I think they could be in contention to make it to the Super Bowl again. Yeah, the the thing that helped them two years ago was that home field advantage throughout the playoffs, getting to play Seattle at home, the first the first or second round really. And then they played Arizona at home. I mean, if they would have gone on the road for either one of those games, they'd have probably lost. But being at home mm-hmm. is huge. So you need that. You need that yep. one or two seed because you know who else is going to grab one of those seeds, and that's the Green Bay Packers. Um, Quinn, what do you think about Green Bay this year? I know the defense is not good. Eddie Lacy's gone, but they do have Aaron Rodgers, and you saw the way they played in that Super Bowl against Dallas last year and the way they played against Atlanta. Yeah. So it's up or down for Green Bay, really. I mean, you never know what you're going to get, but Aaron Rodgers is the best in the game. Uh, the, Packer, the Packers should go, like, 12-4, and four, start, 
thirteen and three, and as long as Rodgers stays healthy, the Packers should be really good every year with Rodgers. But really, really, that's all, that's the only guy they have. They're yeah. they're, they're lucky he's not injury prone because if he goes down, the pa- the Packers could go to being like a six win team. So, but yeah, listen to this guys. And, Go ahead, Quinn. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. Go but ahead. but but with him uh, healthy, they they should be in the mix for a suit to go to the Super Bowl. But I've told Packer fans this for a while now. I mean, they're not going to make it to the Super Bowl if they don't improve their defense, and they haven't improved their mm-hmm. defense. Their defense still is pretty bad, so I don't think they'll make it to the Super Bowl because of that okay. reason. Yeah, let's just look at this schedule right quick. They got to open up with Seattle, then they travel to Sunday Night Football at Atlanta. They play Cincinnati. They play at Dallas, at Minnesota, New Orleans, uh, Baltimore, at Pitt, at Carolina. That's a tough schedule, man. I mean, that's. <laughs> I think Green Bay's schedule is. You're looking at maybe a nine and seven kind of team. I mean, maybe I'm wrong about that, but. I see a lot of losses and look, coming because, like Quinn said, the defense, Jason, is not that good. And you have to have yeah, defense, defense in the NFL. Defense ain't that good. And let's not forget, it took Green Bay a good seven, eight games to get going. They had it to win six of, six of the final games to even make it to the playoffs and win that division. And Rodgers wasn't that hot to start off that season last year. Yeah, I, I think this team struggles on the road, Quinn. I, I mean, I know we're talking yeah. we're talking about the NFC South, but I did want to talk about Green Bay and Dallas tonight a little bit. But Green go, Bay, you, know, you talk about that schedule, and it's just you look at it that road game. Anytime you go on the road in the NFL, your defense needs to travel with you, and that's where Green mm-hmm. Bay gets gets killed. Unless it's December in Lambeau, it really is hard for them to win. So, what was you going to say, Jason? Um, what do you guys think? What is Dallas going to do for six games without Zeke? They're going to suck anyway. I I say four and two at worst. Here, let me see. I'll tell you. Hold on. Yeah, let me go to their schedule. I'm not a big Giants, Dallas kind of guy. Giants at home, Denver on the road. I Giants think they start the I think they start the season oh, 0-2. Yeah. Then I think they beat the Cardinals. I think they beat the Rams. I think they lose to the Packers. And then they beat the 49ers. And that's right. the first six games. So I have them going one, two. I have them going three and three, three, and three. the first six games. Uh, I'll take that. Three and three. I'll take that. No one's going to run away with that. I don't I don't think Zeke's going to stay suspended for six games. I think they may. I, I don't think that, that either, but that's what it is right now. Now, I'll say this. Watching the, um, watching the game last night with Dallas, Dak Prescott is getting a lot better looking at his reads. Um, if you look at the film, he did a lot better job looking at his reads and they're going through his progressions. So that's what I like. 
Well, well, guys, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. We're going to try to come back mm-hmm. this week for a show. We're definitely going to be back Sunday night. But guys, we're less than two weeks away from college football. Let's not forget the NFL starts what on September the ninth, or no, it's the seventh, I believe. Thursday night football. Who opens the season up on Thursday night football? Kansas City and New England. Okay, so that's going to be a good one. In Foxborough, yep. I'm guessing, or no? Yeah, on the road. In Foxborough, Banner, Reveal. Yeah, Okay. Well, Quinn, anything you want to cover before we go, buddy? I'm good. Jason? Nope, I'm great. Well, got to mention one thing. Tonight's Game of Thrones. Tonight at 9 Eastern on HBO. I heard it's epic. I heard this is probably the best Game of Thrones episode ever. In the history. So if you guys get bored one weekend or one week and you wanna you wanna watch a great show, watch that watch that show. I think both of you really like it. So tonight at nine o'clock, Game of Thrones, baby. You know I've got to get ready for that. That's why I'm cutting off a little bit early yeah. tonight. Got Game <laughs> of Thrones coming off. All right, Quinn, Jason, thanks for joining us. Everybody out there listening yeah. on the podcast. I'll let you know by Tuesday when our show is going to be. It's going to be Wednesday or Thursday. Or if we do one during the week, and it's definitely going to be Sunday night at 7 Eastern. Guys, take care. Have a great week. God bless. All right. Bye.